0: One man up, and Jonathan Joseph comes straight through the middle.
1: Got Mike Brown to beat to The last line of defense, and here goes Joseph. Joseph's gonna get over. Well, and he was
0: absolutely knocked back the next swing by Atwood. Dave Atwood has got titanium in his shoulders at the moment. Watson goes on the outside. Oh Watson goes magnificently
1: on the outside. Hello. Welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. We are here to talk about what was undoubtedly the biggest game of the rugby weekend, and that was Bath demolition of Gloucester in the Premiership Rugby Cup. My name is Gable, and I am joined this week by a full complement of Bath fans. That is Tom. Hi, mate. And that is Charlie. Hello, everyone. How are we, fellas? Tom, we've just been to to watch the, the Bath win against Gloucester, as I mentioned. What is your big takeaway from that game? How did you find it?
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed it, mate. Uh, Monday Night Lights um, against the sort of age-old enemy, Gloucester. Um, and, you know, as, as we said, it was a dead rubber. Um, it was meaningless, as it turned out, for both teams um, tonight. But it's still great to get a really com- comprehensive victory against, against Gloucester. Seven tries to nil. Um, Felt almost like a little bit of revenge um, after the sort of late Matt Banahan try uh, back in September in the Premiership when I was obviously 31-all. So um, really enjoyed the evening. It was a good atmosphere despite um, probably only being a a third full. And uh, yeah, I think we're uh, building some uh, momentum into an important uh, spell in the Premiership, obviously.
1: Yeah, so just to pull back the curtain slightly here, we are coming to you after all three of us have just been to watch what was a great performance by Bath. Uh, we're gonna get, we're gonna dive deep into that performance. We're also gonna talk about the Six Nations and uh, about a, a high-profile Bath pair leaving the club. We've also got a special guest interview uh, with Will Vaughan to come on the podcast. Um, and apologies if if these are slightly more passionate views, but but uh, Tom took about four times to four cuts. To say Monday Night Lights, so uh, maybe a couple too many beers at the wreck, but we're coming to you with what we really think about the game. Charlie, let's hear from you now. And what did you make of, of what was a great performance and a great scoreline for Bath?
2: Yeah, fantastic. I mean, fifty-two points to a bagel—you can't be complaining, can you, Gabriel? It was pretty. It was pretty brilliant. Um, you know, uh, as, as you say, Tom, atmosphere was pretty, pretty damn good, c- considering there was only about half, half the stadium full. Uh, Rocket Goonie's first try really set set the tone for the rest mm. of the game uh, right at the start. There, running in, making, uh, making. Yeah, as, as, as you said, it's men against boys, but really it was men against boys, wasn't it? Literally, mm. it was a Bath full contingent looked absolutely fantastic. As soon as I saw the the, the, the full Bath fifteen, I said, you know, this is gonna be fifty points. And what was it? Fifty two points to nil. Fantastic. I couldn't be happier.
1: Yeah, I, I, think, I think once it became uh, a dead rubber for Gloucester as well, I think the result was almost inevitable. And, and we spoke about this before the game, guys, uh, that, that once it became, you know, there was nothing on the line for them, uh, it, it became a much more easier game for Bath. You know, uh, if there had been something on the line for Gloucester in terms of qualification, given that a lot of the lads probably would have played in the semi-final and then potential final, I think that would have made it a more difficult game for Bath. Uh, however, once it became... Sort of a, a dead rubber for both sides. I think the class of, of Bath really told, and, and 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 some of the players. You know, we'll come onto it later, guys. But some of the players, some of the high quality players, I think really stood out and, and, and showed their class and proved that it was was men against boys. Uh, Tom, you mentioned that it it was only half full. Uh, what did, what did you make of of the atmosphere around
0: the around the wreck and and the general atmosphere within the game? I thought I thought it was good atmosphere actually. Like I, I think. Um, Charlie hit the nail on the head really there. I think Rocco Deguni's first try obviously Mm. sort of getting the ball um, sort of right actually by where we were sitting on on the touchline just inside um, um, his own half. And then obviously um, going from them to score, I think that really sort of got not only the crowd going but sort of got the players going. And I also think um, potentially some of the younger guys um, in the Gloucester side because there were a a lot of young guys, particularly up front. You know, that front row, all three of them um, had been selected um, in the under-20s England Six Nations squad. And they're, and they're playing up against um, Jack Walker, who was under-20s two, two years ago. And then Jack Van Rooyen and, and Max Laheef, obviously two very experienced props. Yeah. So I think some of the younger guys um, were potentially... Um, a little bit put off by by the fast start that that Bath made, um, but it was sort of great for us, and and I think all the fans sort of got behind the, the the players, and that really set the tone for the match.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned the front row there, Tom, and I I think what the, the game could have sort of went into a bit of a lull uh, on the on at the end of the first half and the start of the second half, and I think the, the the moment when it really sparked back into life was was when we brought on the front row replacements. I think Dunn, Thomas. Uh, and 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 Will Vaughan, who we'll hear from later, as I mentioned, I think especially Dunn and Thomas uh, really made a big impact on that
2: game, and I think they propelled us into what was a really strong finish from Bath. Charlie Did, did you see it that way? Yeah, I certainly thought so. I thought that um, Tom Dunn made a big impact of yeah. the lineout because uh, mm-hmm. uh, we we you, you were saying Tom, we had a couple of lineouts sat right in front of us, and yeah. uh, you know as as good as Jack Walker is around the park, uh, you know he's, he's he's fantastic in the loose, but I think there was definitely some uh, some areas and needs working on in his line out throwing and I think when we had Tom Dunn on he uh, he really sharpened up on that area and we looked a lot more, a lot more solid
0: at that set piece um, I think it's uh, like when, when you've got like a competing pod sorry to interrupt when you've got like a competing pod and we saw it right in front of us as you say and Dave Atwood um, goes up and, and Jack Walker almost tentatively sort of looped up mm. and it meant that I think it was Savage on the on on the Gloucester side was able to get up and compete whereas when dunk we as you say we saw a line out in front of us and he fizzed it in much better and it's off the top you got a bit of momentum um, and, and, and it's just the quick ball doesn't just come from this come off it also comes um, you know from yeah. the hook yeah. off the top of the line we out need a bit
2: more urgency about it yeah. I think it's yeah
0: yeah I, I definitely agree with that I think we'll come on to some more outstanding performances
1: later on in the podcast guys uh now then, Charlie, we've spoken quite a bit on this podcast about the attack of Bath. Um, even though this was a a dead rubber game and, and perhaps not the strongest Gloucester side, do you feel like you saw some, some sort of development in that attack and, and and the way that Gervin Dempsey is looking to, to,
2: to, to develop that attack? Yeah, certainly. I think... Uh, well, for one, our back three looked extremely yeah. dangerous, I thought. Um, and obviously, getting the likes of Jonathan Joseph back in the 13 channel, again, looked very, very sharp. And you can see why he got fast-tracked uh, straight mm. into that England side because uh, he, he certainly looked one of the best players on the field. And uh, and we were saying that it was men against boys. And if you look at it, it was actually Henry Trinder against uh, Jonathan Joseph and also uh, Tom Hudson joining him in the midfield. And those mm. those two boys... Of you know they're seasoned, uh, seasoned professionals in that in that Gloucester Gloucester starting lineup. So uh, him running rings around them really really said something about uh, about the way he's been playing.
1: Yeah, Joseph certainly looked really sharp and and he was definitely a standout. Uh, it, it kind of felt like slightly, uh, uh, this might sound a bit um, rude to say to some of the other guys out there, but it, it slightly felt like that that wasn't really Joseph's standard. And, and he could easily have been playing in, in Dublin this weekend, as opposed to on a Monday night at, at the Wreck. Um, what was really interesting for me, guys, was because there wasn't so many people at the game, as we've mentioned. It was probably about a th- half full, I, I, I would say, maybe a third full. Um, and, and, and there was a lot of uh, kids there as well, and so the atmosphere wasn't quite like it is at the wreck, and, and that's not saying that the wreck is always the most incredible atmosphere, but it definitely meant that you could hear the players on, on the field, yeah. and, and that was a fascinating thing, because we've been to Bath United games in the past, guys, and, and you've been able to hear uh, the, the players on the field then, but this was even more, and this was even more loud and, and, and more conversation and more communication between the between the players and I think that was really, really interesting to 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 see and, and to see a, a fully fledged Two fully-fledged Premiership sides going at it, and it was almost like a training uh, training ground feel in the in the way that you could hear all, all the
0: players. Certainly, yeah. You, you sort of heard the probably the sort of more senior guys, the defensive leaders, yeah. sort of leading the defence particularly. Um, and I, I noticed Tom Homer, um, who was playing at fullback quite a few times, um, sort of with his, I guess, sort of view. Um, uh, from behind the defensive line, sort of um, marshalling a few of the players. And there was that sort of hammer call um, yeah. going round, which um, I haven't heard before, but they were sort of doing um, quite a lot. And I think that was sort of to, to get up and hit the hit the first pod and sort of win that collision, which, you know, we, we certainly did. So, um, yeah, really, really interesting to see, I, I think. Yeah, I, I certainly thought that um, Jamie Roberts wouldn't shut up in defence. Mm. He was
2: he was so noisy, and you could hear him. You know, him quite a few rows back as we were sat, and uh, yeah, he was he, he was he was very noisy. You can see probably why he's got those uh, those ninety plus caps for for Wales because he's certainly uh, making a lot of noise in defence, organising the boys around him. Yeah. Uh, and it well, it, it certainly paid off. You know, not a single point scored against us. Yeah, both
1: both him and Jaja were, were noticeably loud in defence. I thought, and I think that is definitely the difference between between a couple of steps down and and the real high quality players you can definitely notice on the field not just in the way that they play but the way they communicate to the other players around them and I think that was really interesting to see and and I completely accept that a lot of people listening won't have been to the game and, and probably won't have seen much of the game if you can catch the highlights do because um, it was really an entertaining watch, but but just to hear the, the the way that the boys communicated, I thought it was really promising. I think it was a, a another really good performance in defence you know, to keep them to nil, and, and I know they turned down a few shots at goal to to go for the corner. But I think in defence, Tom, we, we were really strong again, and it was really promising. Uh, there were a couple of occasions where they were on our on our line, and, and we managed to keep them out and, and made crucial turnovers at, at crucial moments.
0: Yeah, and, and and one area sort of in defence that. I think has pretty much been um, strong, potentially with the exception of that of that sale, um, that dire sale game um, at the Wreck a few months ago. Is sort of on that on that first pod in that first phase, uh, winning the collisions on the on the gain line. The likes of Dave Atwood, Henry Thomas, when he came on, um, I thought just just winning the collisions, basically, and just just knocking the defender back. But I also thought in midfield, and I've spoken a few times about potentially when there's been a bit of a disconnect um, in midfield and just having Jonathan Joseph back Jamie Roberts which gee I know you've spoken about looking forward to sort of seeing that ultimately yeah. what is a first choice um, combination a Lions um, <laughs> ultimately a Lions combination um, sort of in, in, at 12 and 13 there and I think those guys marshalled um, the younger guys are really well and, and really showed that they are they are really a class above um, the likes of sort of Tom Hudson and, 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 and Toby Trinder or oh, sorry Henry Trinder Henry Trinder that's the one um, uh, yeah, I
2: certainly agree with you, Tom. Especially it was—it was very interesting to see. I thought the way that um, certainly an attack they seem to swap over quite a lot, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, and JJ was sat at twelve, perhaps looking for that kind of you know, blockable where he'd slide onto the outside. Well, uh, well, um, Roberts was running that hard line on the crash ball, which we we you know we we saw a lot, and it, it was certainly very effective, and he was certainly making meters up uh, up uh, the short side of the rucks. But um, yeah, I think I think. You mentioned it when we were watching the game, actually, Charlie.
1: That the way Joseph played tonight reminds you a lot of, of how Carl Eastman used to play when, when he yeah. was sort of in his peak Bath days. And and he he played he stepped in a lot in the first receiver uh, and in the second receiver role to distribute to to what was a really exciting back three of Bath. Um, and, and then Joe and then Roberts really complimented him with his with his cutting line. And I think it was Matt Hardy, um, friend of the podcast Matt Hardy, on Twitter who who. Uh, uh, came up with the hashtag Joe Butts for that for that, uh, that uh, centre partnership and <laughs> I, I think the Bath coaches have been looking forward to to having that partnership together for, for some time now and, and due to injury and, and various other things they've not been able to do it so that's a really promising uh, sign that they've been able to develop a partnership going into, you know, a crucial period of, of Premiership games for us.
2: Do you think Jobits or Roseff? Which, which, <laughs> one, which, one, which one would go better?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Get in touch with us on Twitter at Bath Rugby Plug. Butts or Rosif. What do you think goes better? I'm certainly in the Jobits camp, but yeah, there we go. Tom, what did you make of that combination?
0: Yeah, well as I said I think it is is first choice we played around with sort of a lot of combinations um in that in that center partnership we've not really had um, consistency of selection, particularly, you know, when you look at the fact that um, Priest and Ann Burns um, have swapped around mm. um, and, and have played different positions. So um, I, thought, I thought it was really good to see. I thought Roberts um, had a good game. I think generally what Roberts has been really good at, and, uh, you know, it was evident tonight against potentially weaker opposition, is when there's not quite the momentum in attack. Mm. He cuts those sort of Jamie Roberts, you know, trademark um, hard lines into the first phase, makes, makes that Sort of two, three meters past the gain line, and then we're able to get quick ball um, and and exploit sort of the likes of Rocco Deguni, who obviously enjoyed the um, sort of <laughs> the, the fruits of that labour from from Jamie Roberts. So, I, don't um, he, uh, I don't think he. I don't think uh rocco actually dived for a single try today i think it was every single one was just a no. dot down in and the, the corner the, the His fourth try <laughs> was the best one because i mean if, if you watch the highlights reese priestland could have just trotted that in himself and and he flew what was a pretty flat pass <laughs> potentially a bit of a bit of slightly forward pass to to rocco who just dotted it down in the corner <laughs> for his for his fourth try but um but yeah, I, I thought we were we were by far the better side in attack, and we and we potentially exploited, um, as I've said, what was what was uh, sort of a bit of a second string backline. In some positions for Gloucester. Yes, yeah, certainly. And I, uh, as you say,
2: Rocket Gooney four tries was looked absolutely fantastic today. Uh, and Dom Coates here at 15 for Gloucester certainly had a hard day because I also thought uh, the other two players in our back three looked particularly mm. outstanding. Uh, wouldn't you say, Gabriel? I think Rory McConaughey yeah. took his try fantastically. You know, we saw there what a fantastic finisher he is, and how valuable it is to have someone who in that in that in that sevens mould to come into a side and uh, and who really really best take a try from anywhere on the field. Yeah,
1: I agree with you, Charlie. And, and whilst every week that I uh, I try to tell you let let's talk about the players second in the running order, we seem to always focus on individual performances right from the beginning. So let's get into that now, and 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 I'll kick off. Well, not kick it off because we've already spoken about a couple of guys there: McConaughey and Rockerdeguna and Robertson, and Joseph as well. So we've basically named the whole back line. I'll I'll go into the forwards, <laughs> and and I think a guy that really stood out for me uh, was Elliot Stuke. Um, he was playing in the in, in the back row at, at, at number six, the blindside flanker. And I think he, he kind of assumed sort of a leadership role within that pack, despite the fact that, that there was a lot of other leaders within that pack and um, Dave Atwood was obviously in in the second row. Charlie Yule's came on. Charterist started. So so there's three you know captains of the club. The the front row wasn't exactly inexperienced, and he's, he's got Paul Grant in the back row with him, uh, Elliot Stooke. But I really felt like he stood out with his leadership and and the way he he sort of carried when it when when things weren't quite going our way, which is which is strange to say given we won 152 minute 52-0 but i think in the moments where we were slightly losing momentum in the game i think stuke sort of rallied the boys and i thought he was excellent tonight uh not just in in terms of the way he carried and the way he defended but but his presence on the field i thought he really stood out in, in that regard
0: yeah and and you know you well, you've mentioned it um, in the past a few times you know you don't sometimes when you see a lock um, play at six yes the role um, it is quite similar in a lot of ways but sometimes they just haven't got the pace and we saw that at times when Tom Ellis was making the transition um, mm. to, to, to flanker from, from second row you know at, 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 and in England context we've seen it sort of with Courtney Laws and Mauro um, when they potentially haven't quite been quick enough to get off the base of the scrum um, at number six and and, and make the tackles that, that, that they need to but I thought Elliot Astute looked like he was to be honest there was there was one moment um, that, that stands up for me when he came out of the line nailed his man um Sort of won the collision. Sort of, the, the ball spilled out, um, and and I think it was Couttsia picked it up, and he sort of got up off the ground really quickly, grappled him down, made two tackles within the space of of five seconds. He is he's not the the sort of the, the biggest second row. He's not massively muscle bound like like someone like Dave Atwood, um, and I, I think that means that he is slightly more athletic. He's able to get off the ground a bit quicker. He's maybe a little bit quicker off the mark. Mm. And um, you know we we've spoken about accountable accountable predictions um a little bit um thankfully my accountable prediction um that jonathan joseph um wasn't going to resign Ooh. was was proven wrong um well there i think there's one on the line
3: Ooh. and uh, my,
0: my my accountable prediction yeah as i say that jj wasn't gonna resign very very happy that uh, uh, to be proven wrong on that one but i i do see a bit of a future for, for elliot stuke in the six shirt I, I, I don't know what it is we you know we've got we've got a couple of young sort of good young second rows coming through. Um, and, and with the injuries we've got in the back row, I think it's a good opportunity for Alex Duke to to stamp his authority um, in that number six shirt. So um, yeah, I, I don't know how to. to how, how, what's the, I don't know what the best way to sort of formalise this is. Like, what, what, should, should I pick a should I pick a game or, or a time frame? But um,
1: yeah. The game, the game being the the World Cup final for England at six. I think I think it's what you're going
3: for. <laughs> he'll
0: do well. He'll do well. He might have, to have a few injuries before he's starting six. For England in the World Cup final. Have to get to the World Cup final first. But um, okay, let me just check out a random one. I reckon Elliot Stoot will start at six in the clash in front of sixty thousand bar fans going crazy against Bristol.
1: <laughs> I, I, to be fair, like I was quite surprised to see him start at six t- tonight, Monday night against Gloucester. Given that Miles Reed, who who'd recently obviously been given a senior contract at the club, was on the bench. Yeah, for me, it, for me, that
0: that tells us that they're yeah. seriously considering it, him as a six. Yeah, and
1: he, and he obviously switched to six away at Toulouse in the game that we were we were at together, lad. So I definitely can see, but I, I still think his best position is lock, and and against a better team, uh, not not just Gloucester sort of academy slash third team. I think perhaps his his, his um his inexperience at that position may may tell. Uh, Charlie, what did you make of Stooke's performance tonight?
2: Yeah, well, I, if, if you're going to make an accountable prediction, Tom, I'd Ooh. certainly like to make an accountable prediction. Um, the Elliot Stuke Will not be starting at six. Come the clash, uh, I do not think that's where his his long term position is. I think for a change, so, for a change, one of us will be right on this podcast. Yeah, well, well, you, you know, you unless you, he starts to you scrum answer, off. answer, answer, answer every possibility, and then one of us has got to be exactly. right. I guess. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think I think yeah, as you say, Gabriel. Against better positions, that's not going to be a better team. Sorry, that's yeah. where oppositions, that's not where he's going to be played. Uh, I think. I don't know if we want to get onto mm. it now, but it uh, seems a certain someone has been let go from the club uh, in Dave Atwood. Yeah, Dave. We'll come on to that a little bit later, Charlie. And mm.
1: and I definitely didn't see those accountable predictions coming, guys. You've caught me a bit off guard. But but Charlie, who else would you you pick out to have had a really good game uh, tonight uh, against Gloucester?
2: Yeah, so as you say, Gabe, let's 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 hold that one, uh, hold uh, hold that fire for a couple of minutes. But uh, I thought certainly at ten, I thought Reece Priestland actually. Mm. One man who also is going to be on his way come the end of the season looked fantastic for the team. I thought he controlled the game really well. He was uh, he was putting us right into of the field uh, when the ball wanted to be played. You know we were playing it. You know we 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 played out of our twenty-two countless times. It looked absolutely fantastic. It looked like a team that really really wanted to go for it. Uh, and uh, I, I thought I thought he was really setting that bat
0: that bat line light. Um, Really, kicking really looks hot. Kicking out of hand as well, particularly mm, yeah. I thought his touch finders from, from the penalty kicks that we had. I mean, a couple of times we thought, oh, we could be on it. We could be going for the crowd catch. And he hammered it about 20 metres past us, yeah. sort of really striking the ball well. And obviously, um, something that we haven't mentioned is how good the the kicking at goal was. I think um, between them, uh, obviously Burns kicked the last couple of penalties. I think it was yeah. 100% um obviously the seven conversions and and the penalty that we we took in the first half so um yeah Prieston was certainly striking it really well tonight actually yeah i think both the kickers looked yeah. struck I away
1: mean, Prieston had a cup off the post, couple off the post but both of them were were on the touchline off his wrong side so yeah a good performance for for uh, you know he, he, i think he's starting to play better now that he's been announced that he's going to leave he, the last couple of games he, he's starting to play really well but, but after certain shot window market, mate he's in the yeah, shot window wow <laughs> shot window <laughs> Um Tom, who else uh, stood out for you?
0: Oh, I think you guys have mentioned um, sort of a fair few of the individuals I was gonna gonna pick out. Rory McConaughey, um, mm. as you did, Charlie, who I think's not just been impressive in terms of his finishing um, as a Sevens player. And, and you mentioned that, um, you know, the, the, the finish that he, he he made for his try is sort of much more what he's used to um, as a Sevens player running in, in open field. But also, just I'm always so impressed by how composed he is. Mm. In, firstly, in defense, um, and secondly, just executing skills that he wouldn't have been exposed to in Sevens so well. Catching under the high ball, you know, positioning himself in the backfield, which obviously they're. They're not going to be, um, you know, it isn't, isn't so important in sevens. I think McConaughey is turning out to be a fantastic player, turning out to be a fantastic signing, obviously lining up against Matt Banahan, mm. um, who had a very, very quiet game. And I, I think, um, Charlie, I'm sort of coming around to your your sort of point of view in that when we do get Anthony Watson back, and we saw him, um, you know, on social media, you know, doing his sprints in at Loughborough University, doing his rehab, and he looked very sharp. That Joe Cock and fun. the Seager are obviously coming back. Mm. Um, and, and and Rocco Deguni and and, and McConaughey are probably the top four guys, and I think there's a, a serious debate to be had when those guys come back over over what the what the first choice back three is. My position is still, I think, um, that Rocco Deguni... Come on, guys, he's scored four tries. Yeah, today. I, I still think he say. I still <laughs> think he he is my right winger. Um, four I'd have tries watched, against I, I, the next veg. Yeah, I mean, but come I, on. I'd have <laughs> 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 that's the name of the podcast. Sorted. I'd have. <laughs> I'd have, I'd have, I still have Watson a fullback. I'd have Cochrane and Seager on the left wing. Um, but I think McConaughey is, McConaughey is really um, staking his claim to be in that first 15, which is incredibly impressive given he's, he's come from sevens and, and barely had any uh, 15s experience before this season. Yeah, I think it's very easy to forget the fact that this is you know this is his
1: first season at 15s since he was uh, sort of uh, sort of at heartbreak before he went to 7s and that his rise through has been so impressive you look at someone I, I think i compared Rory to someone like jeff williams on the preseason podcast and you look at how long it took uh, williams to to, to, to sort of team, take to fully 15. integrate himself into the team actually yeah. exactly and, and look like it was sort of natural natural thing because playing in the back three there was a lot of positioning work which you just wouldn't be exposed to um, in sevens and I think it took Williams Williams obviously had quite a few injuries as well which I think mcconaughey has been lucky that the fact that he's not had any injuries he's been able to learn the whole time he's been at the club but I'm really impressed as always with, with McConaughey he, he's he been fantastic and, and he really is a, he's really driving competition for places
2: uh, in the back three I, I think he's I think he's been fantastic yes certainly I think it's such a valuable position to have strength and depth in mm. as well as he say you know we got Anthony Watson, out at the moment. And uh, he's such an important player. And, you know, you know Brew also out. Joe Thocanesegu at the moment is, uh, is 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 sidelined. And it's so important to have players with that finishing capability, such as Roy McConaughey at the moment. And uh, I, as you say, Gabriel, the way they brought him through, I really want to praise, you know, the club mm. in the way that they've used those A-League games as well to uh, to, to give him some experience, give him a bit of time on the ball. Uh, and, uh, and, and try him in different positions exactly exactly that and he, he seemed to have found his best position yeah. um, well I, I say he seemed to have found his best position I actually can tell you what his best position is because he looks so good at 15 under the high ball and on the wing you know it just give him give him a sniff and he'll he'll, he'll take it he yeah. looks so so dangerous but
1: then again we went to the the Bath United game against Harlequins uh, which we mentioned a couple of times, and he was playing at thirteen, and 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 whilst that isn't going to be his best position going forward uh, in the first team, I think it's a really good opportunity for him to learn different skills and and sort of develop his his rugby brain in 15s. And I, I definitely agree. I think a lot of credit goes to the coaches and and perhaps to to Gervin Dempsey, who who perhaps hasn't got the credit um hasn't got much credit since he's joined Bath. Uh, credit to him in the way that McConaughey's really looked to develop into a, a really rounded and really good back three player. And I think Darren Atkins is someone that they were definitely looking to develop this season, but he can't really get a sniff because because McConaughey has been so good. And I think it may have even taken the, the bar coaches by surprise, the, the way that McConaughey has played and, and, and just how natural he's looked in in those positions, guys. Um, I'll, pick a, I'll pick another guy out now, and, and this is someone that actually came off the bench. And I, and I mentioned that the fact that the the game sort of went into a bit of a lull um with about after about 10:15 minutes of the second half and and, and Todd and, and the coaches decided to bring on Max Green at scrum half in place of Will Chudley and, and whilst Chudley has definitely got his uh the advantage to playing Will Chudley in terms of his experience and in terms of his game management I think that the game tonight really suited Max Green it was a very open game as the scoreline suggests and and, and there was a lot of counter-attacking rugby and, and Max Green was really allowed to show his pace not just with the ball when he had it in his own hands but but off the base as well and I was really impressed and I've been impressed countless times with Max Green and I keep banging the drum for him. But I think tonight, despite the fact that it was against, you know, slightly inferior opposition, I, I thought he was outstanding and really provided a, a spark. Uh, in that second half, which, which propelled us to, to, to 50 points.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I, th- I think Max Green looked shark- sharp. I, th- I think there's a big difference at Scrum Half um, between starting a game and finishing a game. Mm. Often, when you're playing in the last 25 minutes um as as max green um did tonight the game is more open um you know there there the are tired legs um in defense and you are able to expose um the defense a little bit better i think early on um it's potentially more important to have a bit of a a bit of a cooler head um someone who can sort of who who's composed experience and and can sort of um take I don't know, use their experience, basically, to, to to manage the situation, to control the pace of the game. And it's something we've seen with England in the past. Ben Young's probably more um, in, in sort of the latter um, uh, sort of style of player that I've described, and then the likes of Danny Kerr or Dan mm. Robson, more latterly, coming on at the end um, and providing that spark. And I actually really like the com- that sort of combination. Will Trudley start in the game with that composure, with that calm head, and then Max Green coming on the end and like like you say, um, providing that spark at the end. So for me that's a that's a good starting finishing combination that that I can I can see going forward. But I think the role is quite different.
1: Yeah, but do you not think that, that that's like a negative way of looking at it? Because surely the more the more positive uh, way of looking at that would be let's start our guy to to to, to put pace on the ball and put pace at the breakdown and then we're going to be in the lead so let's bring on the guy... That that's going to control the game at the end, instead of the fact that you you're counting on the fact that you're going to be trailing and have to change the pace of the game, and therefore need to bring a second your your quicker scrum half on. Because often we've seen this season when we are leading, we've just left Chuddy <clears> on the field because he is better at the death when we're leading. I need to control the game. I think perhaps it's slightly negative. We're looking at that. We're going to need a scrum half at the end to to sort of change
2: the pace of the game. Yeah, I think it's it, it's a question that most teams will actually ask themselves. I mean you look, you look at Gloucester this evening? They obviously have Ben Bedicott on the bench, but he's a he's he's a live wire of a scrum half, and he can really set a game alight. Or you look at teams like Saracens, where they've obviously got two very different styles of scrum halves mm-hmm. in uh, Ben Spencer who's, who's, who's as i say more of a more of a live wire or you've got your Richard Wigglesworth who's who's, who's your box kicking controlling the game uh, kind, of, kind of hero in that in in that, in that respect and that's what's gained him a couple of England honors but um, i think it's 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 tough one to call, and I think your opposition will really depend on what kind of style of game you want to play. Because uh, I, as as you say, Gabriel, I think tonight actually could have start uh, could have uh, benefited from. Max Green starting yeah. this evening because as you say that, that, that this this game this evening really suits his style of play he, uh, he he could have run the team you know to absolute ribbons if he wanted to I thought he looked really really sharp um I really really impressed the way he played uh, but Ben Chudley probably uh, you know, control of the game put us in 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 the right positions, if that's what you yeah. 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 Tom, what did you and make I...
1: of the
0: the battle between Max Green and, and Ben Chudley? <laughs> ben. Did I say Ben um, Chudley? Yeah. Oh god. Ben Chudley, the, the hybrid of, of Ben Youngs and, and Will Chudley. Um well yeah. I, I see what you're saying, and I think it's I think it's a fair question. My, my point, Gee, just to come back on yeah, what yeah. you were saying, is that I think tired legs and a more open game, particularly when you're thirty nil up, can make um, you know a bit of a live wireless scrum half look potentially sharper than they would do if they started the game. And Mm. And I understand your point about sort of the negativity and if we were to start. Um, Chudley, and then try and close out the game. Then, then Green potentially wouldn't come on. But I don't think it's the end of the world um, if players who are playing well during the game play yeah. 80 minutes. And it's something we saw um, at the weekend against, you know, with England, the guys staying on for pretty much the whole game when they were playing very well, when they were um, still fit enough to to play the minutes. So um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a debate to be had, and I think it will evolve. But I think those two are sort of um, solidifying themselves as slightly ahead of. Of of will of come uh, doing it now. Chris Cook and Khan Fotwalee as as first and second choice scrum halves at the club. Yeah, will I, Ben or Tom, who's that going to be? Sorry,
1: I think I think you are <laughs> right, Tom. Actually, and I, I think you're right in the fact that when you say um, it doesn't really matter if your scrum half plays sort of 80 minutes um, like Chudley often has this season, and I think Green is perhaps a, a better backup option. We don't need to use if we're leading.
2: Uh, right, lads. Final thoughts uh, on this game, Charlie. Well, 52 points to Bagel as I said at the start fantastic can't really complain uh, very well done Bath let's hope we can take this on into Newcastle Tom final thoughts on this game
0: yeah dominant performance um, I think yeah, slight lull um, sort of either side of, of half time but I think the quality of of our bench as you said G, I um, I think it was a much higher caliber uh, much more experienced than than sort of the bench that, that that Gloucester put out they even moved Matt Banahan um, into the pack uh, towards the end and had Ben Velicott um, coming on uh, on the wing and two scrum halves um, on the bench so a uh, really dominant performance um, we've spoken about the Premiership Rugby Cup as a time to try and build some momentum. And I think we we did just that. And winning is so important um, for a club. The boys, the younger lads who are playing, are going to go to Farley House um, f- for next week and, and the week after building into the Premiership um, w- with some real confidence. And um, yeah, just really hope we can take that into, into, the, into the next Premiership block.
1: Yeah, great win, as you say, Tom. Um, now, one guy that uh, features slightly less than perhaps he and us would have liked on Monday night against Gloucester was Will Vaughan. Uh, Will unfortunately went off with what looked like quite a nasty shoulder or collarbone injury uh, after only about five or ten minutes being on the field. Um, However, me and Charlie were were up at Farley House earlier in the week, uh, and we caught up with the prop after he just signed his new contract, his new professional contract with Bath Rugby. Here's the interview that we had with him. Hello Keep and on. welcome to Farley uh, House, where I'm joined by Charlie and we're delighted to be joined uh, by Bath Prop Will Vaughan. Welcome Will. Hello, how are we doing? Uh, firstly, congratulations on the on the senior squad contract. Uh, that must be great for you, seeing as you, you joined the club when you were I think thirteen. That must be a brilliant feeling for you. Hard work paid off.
3: Really, really, really. Um yeah, delighted uh, to be a part of the club <clears throat> since I was thirteen. Mm. Seems like a dream come true to be a part of the senior squad now. Yeah. I guess um, what, yeah. What's
2: not like the main differences then, like day to day, obviously you've been in the academy, yeah. you're now up in the senior squad, so what, what's really gonna change for you now?
3: Uh hopefully not a lot. You know, the um I feel like I, I do you know, I train as hard as I can every day. The um the only difference would be hopefully that senior sort of um, you know, head above my name, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want much to change, I think. The only thing I want more is game time and I think, you know, to be more competitive in training and I think to fight for my position, I think it's really important and I think that's something that's that possible as well. For yeah, year. there's a lot of competition
1: in, in that area, especially with uh, some new signings announced recently. Is that something you, you, you relish,
3: that, 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 that sort of challenge? Definitely, definitely, yeah. Uh, I think it's something that that happens, you know, it's something that happens at all, all teams, I think. Um, I really I'm really relishing the opportunity to go up against players like that, especially sort of international mm-hmm. standard players, you know, the likes of Cathy Beno on the fringe, you know what I mean? Yeah. The, um you know, to learn off them and also to compete with them is, is, is a dream true as well, yeah. yeah. Definitely. And obviously, you know, as
2: you say, that senior senior labour above your name, you get a nice new contract. Mm-hmm. Anything you're thinking about? Perhaps spending your money on your whip? <laughs> anything Anything uh, you're thinking about? No, nothing like that. No, of like course, straight, straight into the bank account. Straight, house, straight into the, uh, <laughs> under the mattress, I think. <laughs> um,
1: you obviously signed your professional contract as, as a loose-head prop, mm-hmm. um, but I believe you, you started out as a number eight. Yeah. Um, what, what was the transition from, from those two uh, positions like? Obviously, very very different skill sets required.
3: Yeah, yeah uh, I remember the, the day, it was when it was an under-16s game, I think, or under-15s, um, one of, our, one of our props went down in, in training and uh, Danny Grucock, our old academy manager, said, uh, Vaughn, can you step up and, and play prop?
2: And you know not me say no to him, are you? And I, I didn't really want to say
3: no to Gruy and I, unfortunately I shot myself in the foot because I did play quite well that day and I think he, he saw that I was putting on a bit of weight so he said, right, I think you should stay there. Yeah, sort of fine. yeah. Unhappy. I mean, my club's always trying to get me to transition from scrum half to tighter prop, so I've
2: <laughs> managed to avoid that so far. <laughs> that's so. not a good sign, man. Yeah, that's not a good sign. Oh, he's got to look at his porch. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what, what did you find with the main difficulties or or simple areas in that transition going from the front row? I know you you, you played at Carnegie a bit uh, yeah. in the
3: championship. Did that help? That, that, that helps a lot. I was under uh you know the coaching of Steve Bowden who. Mm-hmm. He's a tough man and um, he prides himself on a set piece, so it's something that has to be done perfectly, otherwise you know, you won't play, mm-hmm. so um, that's something that I really relished up there, to be a part of him and be a part of his coaching set Um and I think it improved me as well last year. I was up there for a good you know, six weeks at a time, and yeah. um, you know, to really get my teeth stuck in some game time in the, uh, in the Championship as well was, was really helpful for my development, actually, really yeah. helpful. Yeah, and then looking back when you were when you were a bit younger,
1: who was maybe your, your inspiration or your, your idol within rugby uh, that you looked up to and
3: aspired to be like? Well, when I was a number eight, um <laughs> Kieran Reed sort of at the time was, was one of the best in the world and he was a player that I always liked to liked to watch. But the reason I started playing rugby was mainly Joe Nolomu. Yeah. Who um yeah, who was probably one of the greats and he may not be in my position, but uh, he, he, he could have you know, been. <laughs> he, I mean, he did play a few games at head actually, but but yeah, he's definitely um, you know one of the reasons I thought you know that is, uh, that is a. So if Bath are a bit short on the
2: wing, you'll be putting your hand up.
3: Well, and I'd, to I'd, emulate him. I'd like to step up at ten. You know, if there's, <laughs> if there's ever a game that they need a ten, I'll step up and play. Be like,
2: be like Stooky. You reckon you could have thrown that pass. And then, yeah, <laughs> we always like to ask the players that.
3: I could have thrown that pass easy. Yeah, and, of course, I'll tell him that. Maybe,
1: maybe today. Is there anyone, um, perhaps more more senior, at, at another club or on an international level, that, in, in, as a prop, that you look up to and, and aspire to be like?
3: A player that, that I've always watched <clears throat> was sort of Joe Marler. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Set piece wise, he's probably one of the best. He's definitely the best in England, I think. Yeah. Um, and he's a player that I always, um, I always like to watch. I thought he was was yeah, one of yeah. the best in his position. Um. And, you know, unfortunately, he's not playing for England. But, yeah, and around the park as well, he always, you know, he's a he's a big he's a big hitter. He he likes to put those shots in, and I think um, I like I like the amount of niggle he gives other players as <laughs> yeah. well. I, I find it quite amusing. Mm.
2: Definitely. And uh, so, you know, aside from rugby, well, what, do you like to, what do you like to get up to in your own time? Got any hobbies? I know lots of the boys,
3: you want to of the, you know, lots of people like to go on the PlayStation. So I, some try, like to to play. I try to keep off the, uh, my Xbox as much as possible um, and get out and do stuff. You know, I like to spend time with my mates, you know, I, I yeah. like to go back home. I, I'm originally from Taunton, I like to go back there at weekends and sort of catch up with them. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: awesome.
3: You know, sometimes we go we get shooting as well, get the tweed on, look, look yeah. about all the gear, no idea. Aren't we all? You know, yeah, see if I can actually hit something, but not usually. And you're obviously uh, growing a pretty impressive beard
1: there. Is there a competition amongst the squad in, in some of the other guys, like like um, Ross Batty, for example? Batty. Is there a bit
3: of a competition growing between you two? In no, that well, I, I, at one point I had a bigger beard than him. I'll uh, let him know <laughs> that. But I've noticed that Nathan Katz turned up with a, with a bit of a... Bit of a bushy one at the moment. I think I might have to try and uh, compete with Catty now. But um, <laughs> Set some time off to grow. I mean, yeah.
2: you look at both of us. We could probably take a couple. Of, <laughs> we could take a couple of tips. I think. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, otherwise, you know, you're, you're just breaking into the senior squad now, as you say. Um, so obviously not always involved on, on the weekends. You know, but when you when the players aren't involved in that match day twenty three, what's like, what's what's your role on on a match day?
3: Yeah, you know, again, getting, getting the lads prepared for the game. You know. Um, we try and replicate the other team as much as possible, and uh, you know we we think if if we've, if we've replicated them well enough, you know the lads should be ready for the game. Um, and there's that's actually it's actually a massive role within the club to to make sure the players are ready, um, yeah. and to make sure that you know they're fighting fit and ready to go. You know, there's no animosity; it's, it's purely mm-hmm. we're you know we've got one goal and one yeah, goal yes. only, so that's what we. I suppose when it's when it's against Harlequins, you quite like
1: playing as the the opposition. You mentioned your admiration <laughs> for Joe Marlowe. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And being a, being a front row, strength is obviously a, a key part of your game. Mm-hmm. How how do you match up with with some of the more senior guys in in, in the gym in, in that regard?
3: There's a there's a big sort of you you know, know, I Imagine Ma, Max Leahy is uh, probably one of the strongest at the club, and uh, that's one that I'm probably never going to get to. <laughs> but you know, yeah, it's also about managing your body. There's there's no point trying to match. Them when you're not strong as them, you know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I like to gym, I, I find it fun. It's something, it's, it was a hobby before I even started playing rugby, so it's, but um, it's not about whacking the weight up it's not as much as you get, because yeah. that's, that's when you start getting injured. Yeah, that's something I've noticed. Definitely.
2: Yeah, no, uh, so you've just come out of the academy, again, mentioning it, but can you give us a player, perhaps the academy, that we should be looking out for, perhaps one of the forwards in the backs that, that you, you particularly rate?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Tom de Glanville. he. He's really stepped up this year. Um, he he is um, he is a very good player, actually. You know, he's he stepped up to play a bit of A League, you know, and I, every time he's played, he's played very well. we'll make sure he doesn't no, well, <laughs> well, anyway, hear this. yeah, personality's a bit off, this <laughs> <laughs> but as a player, he's good. Um, obviously, there's the likes. I think there's a uh, there's another Taunton lad that's just been signed, uh, Nahum. I' yeah. hearing good things as well so yeah, yeah. the number eight yes yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: so. and then you've just signed this new contract so it's so great news but you must always be striving towards the the next goal mm-hmm. so, so what is that what, what what is that next goal in your career
3: the next goal in my career you know i'm play as much as possible you know yeah. try and compete with the other players that are here um and i think you know <clears throat> that's the aim that's the aim at the moment i haven't got any long-term goals to try and stay away from that because yeah. i feel like you know, they can be it can be a long time to get to them, and sometimes you can lose track. And mm-hmm. I think smaller goals for now is to try and play as much as I can for cool. day Ho- by day
2: hopefully
1: yeah. see you a bit more on on the pitch uh, yeah. in in the years to come. And, and just lastly, uh, where where can we find you on on social media if people want to want to keep up to date with what you're doing off the
3: pitch as well as on it? Uh, you'd be better off following my Instagram, Bearded fawn Okay, <laughs> so uh, that's the best place to find me. Cool, keep up to date. Thanks very much for for joining us. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: Great to hear from uh, the young Bath prop, Will Vaughan there. And thanks to everyone at Bath Rugby for allowing us to, to come up and do that exclusive interview and hopefully a few more interviews to come in the near future, guys. Um, right, then, moving on. And, and Will Vaughan is obviously a part of the the Bath Rugby future, shown by the fact that he signed that new contract. Someone that unfortunately won't be part of the the Bath Rugby future is Dave Atwood. Um it was announced tonight on Monday uh, that, that he would be leaving the club. Um, the, the story was was sort of breaking as the game was kicking off against Gloucester in the Premiership Cup. Uh, and it was confirmed by the club later on that that he would be leaving, I think to Bristol, uh, Tom, uh, this has been something that's been sort of in the pipeline for a while now with, with a sort of silence around Dave's future and, and obviously with his loan to Toulon last season, uh, What's your initial reaction to, to this sort of move and, and this news, Tom?
0: Yeah, I'm am not, not overly uh, overly surprised, but we've spoken a little bit about um, how he'd be ten- potentially be moving, obviously after his his spell at Toulon. Everything, you know, um, obviously hasn't been quite right, um, you know, in terms of hit, hit him at Bath, and um, I, I think. Um, people are forgetting that he has he has been at the club since, well, I think it's 2011, um, nearly, I think it's 147 um, appearances for the club. So he has been a really, really important player for the club over a number of seasons. And I think maybe the shroud, maybe the uncertainty of, of him going to Talon and then all the rumours about him not renewing his contract. Maybe he's not quite getting the send-off um, and the credit that that he deserves because um, he has been, he has been a brilliant player for us. He's been a real stalwart in that second row. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think credit also has to go from, from the, from the way, um, you know, which we've seen the likes of Elliot Stook, Charlie Ewell's um, come on in recent seasons. He will have undoubtedly played, played a really important part in that. So very sad to see him go actually, um, particularly just across um, to Bristol, to to obviously local rivals who, who, presumably that you know there's a clause in the contract that that this is only sort of if they do stay up in the premiership um which is obviously um you know uncertain um at this stage but um yeah really sad to see him go um but I think it kind of was a little bit inevitable um sort of with the ever ever constraining sort of salary cap that, that's in place
2: yeah exactly right Tom you know it's uh definitely gonna be sad to see him go but I think it's probably a
0: correct decision
2: uh he'll uh He'll, he'll, he'll certainly have uh, plenty to add to that Bristol team. Um, Bath are looking very strong in their second row. We, we've touted sem- several times this season how good that second row is. Obviously, you know, Yule's and Stu got a call-up to the England squad earlier on in the season. Uh, and that's definitely an area that they've, they've looked that they can probably, you know, Bath, as a squad can uh, can capitalise on that on that salary cap and probably uh, you know, save a few extra pennies, so uh, it'd be good mm. to see that. And um, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm
0: looking forward to, uh, to 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 seeing what the the rest of the team's got to bring. Well, they're interesting to see that you know Blackhouse also said this week that that the signings for Bath for next season are pretty much done. Um, and he was he was asked specifically about, um, you know, the rumours around us bringing in a high-profile 10. Um, and I think it's, you know, I, th- I think it's common knowledge that the club sort of are still looking for a 10. But, um, yeah, Blackadder seemed to suggest that there weren't sort of uh, many more signings to be announced um, for next season. So, um, interesting to see how that develops. And uh, obviously, a fair few guys' uncertain, uh, futures are still mm. um, uncertain. So, um Hopefully we'll be finding sort of out uh, that out over the next couple of weeks. Uh,
2: there'll be a few more boys on their way to the club. Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I'm sorry, but not all of the contracts are done during the January period as everyone goes on about. Obviously everyone knows that. But I think, you know, it was a Johnny May a couple of seasons ago was, was that that was that was done over the summer. There's always a couple of summer signings that take place. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of those.
1: Yeah, I'd be surprised if there was a lot more signings at Bath. We've obviously brought in a number of players in the last few weeks. You know, we've spoken about on previous podcasts about the, the five or six players we brought brought in recently, and uh, and just on Atwood, uh, Tom, I think you you put it really nicely actually that that whilst maybe over the last couple of seasons his. Um, I don't know if his reputation is the right word, but sort of him as a player at Bath has, has been slightly diminished. And I think it's important to remember. And I spoke about Joseph when, when the rumours were, were circulating about him, uh, that it's important not to have short-term memory about these players. And I, I think Atwood has been, been a fantastic player for Bath and a really, really consistently good strong player uh, and and his his partnership with with Stuart Hooper in in that in that golden period that Bath had under Mike Ford uh, that was crucial those guys were really good strong leaders and and, and strong carriers in that team and I think it's important not to forget that, but it's also important to remember that the the salary cap is in place for a reason, and we can't keep hold of all those these players. and And I wish, and we all, and all of Bath fans, of course, wish Dave the absolute best of luck at Bristol. Even though it is our is our local rival, I'd absolutely love to see Dave go there and and do really well and, and prove what what a fantastic player that the
2: Bath fans all know he is. Yeah, but I know well, not yet. But but I completely agree with you, Gabe. But do you not think that this is probably the correct decision? You know, um, are you you feeling a bit? Yeah, no, on I, the fence a bit. I just feel I just, no, I just I want to ask you what what you actually think about it. You know, honest, honest opinions. Is this probably, is this the correct decision? You know, obviously we've got we've got to let people go in mm. certain places. Is this the correct decision? We've obviously got you know especially two fantastic young guys in 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 Stook. And Stuke and there's obviously Charteris who's you know he's a fantastic player he's uh, He'll he, get me he's up as well but but yeah, yeah, I think, oh, we'll I see, think we? we
1: got we got Williams and, and McNally coming, and, and I think it is the right decision. Uh, and, and it's very difficult for for Bath fans to and and um, that speaking on behalf of myself and and hopefully on behalf of a lot of Bath fans to to accept that it is the right decision. I think we saw a similar thing with Banahan when when he left at the back end of last season that that perhaps it isn't the best to to pay these guys the, the the money that perhaps they that they want when it's the back end of their career and when there are guys coming through that that perhaps. Um, a better value for money but but my point was Charlie I, I think it didn't the truth of the matter is I think it is the right decision to, to perhaps let Dave go but I, I think it's important for Bath fans not to forget and I think Tom Tom when he was saying that perhaps he's not getting the, the send-off he deserves and I, and I agree with that because I think he has been a fantastic player and, uh, for Bath and I, and I hate to use the word fantastic servant because I think that's a hideous expression to describe someone but I think Dave has been a brilliant brilliant player for Bath and I think it's important for Bath fans to, to remember that and not remember perhaps the, the sort of shadowy last few years of, of his career at Bath. That was that was my only point on it. <laughs> no, yes, certainly. Now then, boys, um, we've talked about the, the most important matters of the weekend, which was obviously Bath's win against Gloucester. Let's now quickly... Huge game, that was. Oh, massive win. <laughs> and I, you know, the, the eyes of the rugby world were undoubtedly trained on that game. And, and perhaps one eye was also trained on, on the Six Nations guys. And let's briefly touch on, on those now. Um, no Bath players involved in, in the England squad, Tom. Uh, but what, what did you make of that, that, that phenomenal win against
0: Ireland? Yeah. Great, great win. Hugely powerful performance. Um, I-, I mentioned to, to you, Gabriel, I watched the game with you b- beforehand that I thought we might just catch them cold. Um, I thought it was the strongest team um, we've been able to put out. We were hugely powerful up front. Makovuna Pola, um, 25 tackles. Mark Wilson, 25 tackles. Um, the most tackles, um, I think, by an England player in any game since 2012 or Ooh. something like that. Um, incredible work break from those guys. Um and out wide I thought Johnny May was 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 really good and I thought Elliot Daly um sort of solidified um his place and starting to put any any doubters to bed um, oh, in my day. mind. So so great performance um but but keen not to sort of get uh, ahead of ourselves. We need to back it up against France at Twickenham, um, and then I think crucially against Wales and Cardiff um, mm. the following week, because that's going be, to be a really important game. But nice to get one back um, on the RS. There was a lot of stuff on social media about sort of broken chariots um, and all sorts of stuff um, like that. So um, good to get the bragging rights, but uh, let's not get complacent um, and prior, to the, you know, prior to the World Cup later this in is, the year.
1: This is the Bath Rugby plug, Charlie, and, and you got to tell me, where does Watson... Joseph, Thockenasega, Mercer, and yours. Where do they Sam fit? Underhill and Sam Underhill. Where do they, do they fit back into that, that that impressive England side? They
2: certainly do. They certainly do. All I of think those guys. <laughs> all of those guys. I think. I think you 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 singing praise and Elliot Daly at fifteen. I think that's, that's quite that's quite He's strong. Solid I mean, what's, what's it? They say one swallow doesn't make a summer. Um, and I think that Elliot Daly. I think Elliot Daly looked the strongest at 15 swallowed, swallowed up the high balls alright <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he he swallowed a couple of high balls but he certainly spilt a few as well um spilt being the right expression to use in this term and I think that Anthony Watson is definitely going to be able to fill in any place when he's back uh either at 15 or on the wing I personally think that Mike Brown could probably do a pretty good job at full back as well for England but uh JJ, I think, will be fantastic when he can come back in. Uh, oh, I probably would have had him in had he not played uh, only 15 minutes of rugby since being recalled into the England squad. Again, look fantastic this weekend. Um, otherwise, I think Underhill is going to look very good. He's he's he's, he's going to have to fight a bit for his position at seven. But um, I think all the bar players... You know, Mercer, again... Uh, it, it depends what kind of style of game you want to play. Obviously, Nathan Hughes on the bench, that's a uh, kind of Billy Vunapolo kind of mould, which Zach Mercer obviously isn't, but um, it just uh, it, it's just, just again, that, that style of game you want to play. I'd rather have Mercer in there personally, but obviously I've got a bath head screwed on.
1: Yeah, I think certainly a lot of bath boys that are currently injured that, that Eddie would like to call on. Uh, just aside from from England, then guys, and 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 quick shout out to to Dave Cecil who we mentioned on the podcast last week, uh, played for for Italy against Scotland. And they obviously came up short, but but great to see a, a former Bath man uh, getting involved in the Six Nations, and and good luck to him for the rest of the tournament. Right then, guys, um, it's getting pretty late, and I think it's probably time to to call this one a day. Um, Follow us, please, on on social media. We're across all three main channels. That's Twitter, Facebook, and now Instagram. Uh, There's plenty of photos from us from our night at the Wreck on Monday against Gloucester. So follow us there at Bath Rugby Plug. We're at Bath Rugby Plug as well across Twitter and Facebook. So so get in touch with us there. With any of your thoughts, rants, and comments about the club, uh, I'm sure there is plenty. Thank you very much for listening. Please do subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and the most important thing you can do for us is tell your friends about us. We really love doing this and we hope you love listening to us. So share the so share the word. Uh, and let's spread the podcast and let's share the love around about Bath Rugby around. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back with a big preview of the Premiership, the upcoming Premiership block of games, the key upcoming Premiership block of games, uh, which which Bath starts against Newcastle uh, next week. So a week off. And then we'll be back to preview the game against Newcastle in two weeks. Thank you very much for listening. Share the word uh, and we'll be back soon. Thank you, Tom. Cheers, mate. And cheers, Charlie. Cheers, guys.